Hold it up higher. Right? It's not matter what. Good morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Come on. Well, before I get started this morning, you can see the title of my message, which we'll get to in just a little bit. Um, I have to just pause and do something. I, I was a part of, of this church. I still consider myself a part of this church. I'm family. When coming in, I get to say hi to a bunch of people. And, and Janice, my wife, if you don't know her, she's definitely the, the better half. Um, she sends her greetings. Uh, she's got me on a, on a hunt to hug a number of people. It just, it just gets awkward, but um, she really wished she could have been here this morning. Um, I got to confess, I guess this morning, I, 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 I guess I heard from the Lord a little bit that, uh, um, that I was lacking in faith because uh, I was expecting our church numbers to be down quite a bit because I was missing like half of my setup crew and uh, half of our worship team and so many things. And I'm just like, oh man, God, like, well, it's okay it, we'll be happy with what we get, and, and, it's, and I started to like become not that, you know, satisfied with just a, a little, and uh, praise the Lord, God has given us this morning like 50 people in church, which is fantastic, so I'm just like, I'm just encouraged this morning, and we prayed in pre-service prayer for faith. Man, how, how many need a little bit more faith this morning? So good. Well, this morning before I get started, I want to just pause and, and just take a look at these two wonderful people up front here because I don't know if you know, you can go to church and you can be part of a church and you can have pastors that have an incredible heart for the church, which you have here, but I, I need to just point out that it goes well beyond this house, their heart for the church, God's church, the family that's you know, spread all over the world, this couple's heart for the church is absolutely mind-blowingly incredible. And why is that important to you? Because you're like, well, I'm here. This is, this is my church. They have a heart for your church, but listen, when you give your heart to the church, God will show up in your church. It just will happen. And so I need to just point out a couple things. Of course, we get uh, some support from you, uh, our sending church. We, there's some financial things. There's uh, a, lot of, a lot of benefits. We see some of you coming over, uh, speaking. Uh, we see some of you coming over and doing some worship, which has been absolutely incredible. But let me tell you about the prayer that we are receiving. And I know, and this is what I have learned probably the most from, from this couple, your pastors, uh, to pray and really go to God. There is something about the power of prayer that I have learned in in, in my time spent with them, that if you could catch one thing, man, you would be, uh, just your world would change if you could catch that. So thank you so much for praying for us uh, this morning. I just, I, I almost broke down. It was, I'm, I do that quite a bit, so, you know, it's nothing new. But I just about broke down as in pre-service prayer, we started praying for three churches, three other churches that you are, are helping in some way, shape, or form, even if it's just by prayer, it's, that's powerful. You're, and so thank you so much for you, your example, your heart for the church, your prayers for Janice and I in our church, and Counter Church. Um, you don't just give in, in ways that say, hey, we're praying for you, brother. We know you're praying for us, and you give in tangible ways too, like people, to help us. And it's just incredible to see your heart, to see the kingdom advance. And I know that God's going to bless this house. Can we give a hand to your pastors this morning? 
Come on. That's right. Well, this morning, um, I'm going to share a, a little bit that's on my heart. Uh, let's start off in the Bible, because then if everything goes wrong from here on out, we will have at least done that. Uh, we're going to start off in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 through 10, and, and this is what it says. It'll be on the screen if you don't have your Bible this morning. It says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. Well, this morning, I want to kick things off with prayer. That we would just go to God right now and as we're about to dig into some things and I want to share with you some stories uh, as we do all that, that God would do something in us this morning that we can't do for ourselves. That he would stir our heart, that he would raise our expectation level, that he would set free those that need to be set free this morning. And so he's the only one that can do that. So let's go to him in prayer this morning and ask. Father, we thank you. We thank you for moments like this that we get to come together as, your, as a family and celebrate you and be inspired by you. And so, God, we give you ourselves. We start off in that posture of surrender and say, Holy Spirit, come. Speak to us. You know exactly where each and every single person in this room is at. You know if we're following you, if we're running away from you. You know if we're walking through a time of turmoil or standing on top of a mountaintop. You know us all so intimately, and so God, give us exactly what we need right now in this season of life. We love you, we praise you, in your name we pray, amen. Well, like I started off with in thanking them, I want to thank you, our Horizon family. Listen, we, we were here uh, two years ago. It feels like it hasn't been two years, and it feels like it was just not too long ago that we were being sent out and I was crying right about here and like I do. And uh, just enjoying that moment as, as really you, our family, sent us out. And I, I, I giggled to think that we were only here at Horizon for, for two years. Two short years that we were here and, and were immediately knitted into a family, became a part of a community that, that wasn't just a church that we uh, came to on a Sunday, but a community we belonged to, a family we belonged to. And so I want to say thank you, and thank you for everything that you do in sending your love, sending your encouragement. Some of you are so faithful in just sending us an encouragement. And let me, let me tell you, how timely a lot of those are. God knows what we need, and, and I am by no means perfect, and, and there are moments where I'm like, you know, struggling with maybe some patience, like I have done every once in a while, not, not very often at all, um, but all of a sudden, I'll get a text message, I'll get an email, I'll get something from one of you that just says, hey, God's got great things in store, there's this, there's that, or whatever. So thank you. Thank you for being bold and stepping out in that and encouraging us and praying for us and doing what you do. Well, I want to, if we can, I just want to share with you some, some things that have happened over the past two years. It'll actually be two years, uh, September 1st, that we will have started pastoring our church in Victoria, uh, Encounter Church. Uh, and, and it's been, well, it's been two years. <laughs> 
It's felt like uh, a lot shorter and it's felt like a lot longer all, all at once. It's, it's been absolutely mind-blowing as I have been able to sit down and think up stories and think about what God's been doing to really think about what has happened in our short two years there so far. I guess uh, uh, one of the great things that I, lo- I love is that God is bringing more people. Obviously, that's good. Seeing more than double it, uh, in, in attendance uh, over two years is phenomenal. Uh, our tithing is up over 250%, which is great. Uh, a big one for me is engagement in prayer, uh, like our uh, pre-service prayer that we have, just like you guys have. About 45% of our church is faithful to show up for those moments. Come on. About 70% of our people are, are plugged into a group doing community together, knowing that life is better when done together. Uh, every single week, people ask for prayer, which to me shows me that they understand that they can go to God and know that he'll be faithful to respond and to act and to do something because he loves them. Uh, We've had eight salvations since last last September. Come on. That's huge. And for me, being a former youth pastor, being the former uh, youth uh, leadership coordinator for Foursquare Canada, uh, we now have a youth group of six students. Come on. And these, and, and these students, we're, we're going to be at camp with you guys, which I'm pumped about. I'm excited because like, like Pastor Craig was saying, lives are changed at camp. As you give God time and space, man, he shows up. And like we say at Encounter Church, an encounter with Jesus changes everything. And there's going to be so many God encounters at camp. It's going to be incredible. But these are just some broad stories. These are are just some statistics, if you will, of what God is doing. These are just uh, numbers of what is happening. But really, I can see what God is doing. I can see lives actually being changed as people encounter him. This is what it's all about, and this what stirs me up. See, all of the numbers, the statistics that I can share with you this morning, and the ones that I have are just a few. All of those statistics and numbers point to the direction. Those are just like what we use to gauge what's happening and stuff, but when it really gets down into it, we believe the same thing that you guys believe that I know is said from this stage That no matter what, like we understand that every number has a name and every name has a story and every story matters to God. And stories like a man who who is a part of one of our outreach opportunities, we go and we went to uh, visit this, uh, uh, it was a transitional housing complex. And we were able to just do Christmas for them. We were able to bring Christmas and the joy of Jesus to this community of people and And as we did that, we started building relationship with this man. And this man uh, reached out to us at one point months later saying, hey, listen, as a part of my recovery, uh, I really believe that I need to make a step and honor my son who passed away uh, a long time ago. And we just said, how can can we help? And he said, I I need to put a grave marker on his, but I I can't afford it. And so we helped him with that. But The great thing to me in that picture is that a man that was touched by the love of Jesus through a church that would say, hey, we're wanting to bring Jesus to you. All of a sudden he said, hey, listen, these people are different. Maybe these people will help me. And we did. And now we're still believing for his salvation. See, I think it's important 
that you hear uh, maybe a not yet testimony this morning. Maybe you're here this morning and you're still in a phase of not quite yet. There's one for you to grab hold of. We're still believing. We've seen God move, but we're still believing for more. Another one, a wife where she encountered Jesus in one of our services, rededicated her life and, and said, hey, listen, my, my husband needs to get to church. My husband needs Jesus. He doesn't know, and, and her husband was, uh, had cheated on her. Their marriage was in extreme distress, and it was just, it was a mess. And, uh, you know, we were praying so hard for her husband. We were praying and praying and praying for her husband to just come to church, just step foot in the church. Well, God's got bigger plans than what we have because he came into church one Sunday, which we were elated, but when I gave the altar call at the end of the message, his hand went up and he gave his life to Jesus. Come on. Come on. One, one downside maybe of, uh, of doing video messages, which we do, is you can see me breaking down a little bit as I saw his hand go up and was like, thank you, Jesus. But another one, a mom that couldn't be a part of community because of her work schedule. It was always on a Sunday morning and really wanted to be a part of it and really in a place of need as her daughter was struggling with addiction and all that kind of stuff. She just wanted to be a part of community and couldn't. Put something on our prayer page, on our Facebook page. She found community through Facebook actual authentic community as she started to talk and converse and and then started to ask for prayer and we started to pray that she would be able to get time off to come to church and she's a part of our church now coming on Sundays as her schedule has been freed up and her daughter is now finding freedom as she walks through her addiction issues come on Another mom with a daughter with a, a brain dis disorder so severe that she would have these violent outbursts toward the mom. Comes, her, her mom comes to church just at wit's end and every week is ministered to and the daughter is just having the peace of Jesus flood over her in service as she encounters Jesus and the mother was caught on the stairs uh, talking to somebody, somebody overheard her just saying this is the first church that I've ever been able to come to and, and, and I'm accepted as me. As find, she's found community in the church. Another one, a faithful couple has been a part of the church for decades. Like, let me tell you, if you knew our church at all, anybody who was left was faithful. Faithful to the core, saying, God, you got to move in this house. We want to see something. A couple that was faithful to the church had an encounter with Jesus that changed everything. Found themselves not only, not only uh, 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 excited about what was happening in the church, but what was happening and bubbling up within them to the point where they can't help but talk about it everywhere they go and talk about their church and what they get to be a part of with everyone that they see, so much so that their friends are like, hey, we don't want to hear about your church anymore. And they're like, we're not going to stop talking about our church because Jesus is there and something is happening. You need to see it for yourselves. A young man who was coming, and he was coming with baggage, the baggage uh, uh, of a, a failed marriage and really was shunned by a church. And so there was a lot of church hurt that he was walking through. Encountered Jesus in the church one morning 
and, and just had an incredible freeing experience in worship. And as we walked through the word, really found a place where he could move down the direction of restoration and now is completely in love with the church. Seeing that relationship restored and now is a part of one of my, is a, is a part of my lead team. Exciting to see what people are happening. Another one, a young woman who grew up in the church, but, but listen, uh, uh, found herself looking for acceptance in people instead of Jesus. Came to a place where she encountered Jesus and now sees herself as a child of God who is fearfully and wonderfully made, as she would say. She's then, she then brought a friend to church that encountered Jesus for herself and got saved. Lives changed a young woman who had this complete misconception of the church that thought it of a place full of people that pointed fingers of judgment and she thought I could never be a part of that I wouldn't ever want to be a part of that came to church one day encountered Jesus and found herself giving her life to Jesus and saying use me use me all of these stories are of people who encountered Jesus. All of these stories, though, that we need to grab hold of, and I really feel what I need to bring, and, and really on my way over this morning, I was on my motorbike, and so I, I don't have music or anything like that, and God was just like speaking to me, and he's like, listen, Adam, you're to leave a deposit this morning. Somebody here this morning, a number of you here this morning, need to hear the message that I'm going to speak this morning. Need to hear about a Jesus who loves you right where you're at. And needs you to, you need to understand and capture the heart of the Father this morning that says he wants to use you to see the kingdom advance. See, all of those testimonies that, we were sh that I shared are all through people encountering him, but encountering him through people. Through the church. So this morning, the title of my message is Real Reveal, and I want to get into it this morning. This is the really the backbone, the heart of our church in Victoria, Encounter Church. That we would be a people that would reveal him to the world around us. That as we encounter Jesus, that must do something in us to help others encounter him through us. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 through 10 again says this. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. To show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us, we are afflicted in every way but not crushed. Perplexed but not driven to despair. Persecuted but not forsaken. Struck down but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. I see two things in this passage of Scripture that I want to highlight this morning, the two emblems that are, that are used in this. And one is obviously the treasure, and then the other is the jars of clay. Listen, these two things are, are, are symbolic of something that we need to grab hold of this morning. The treasure is Jesus. When we receive Jesus, we begin a relationship with him, we receive him, we get the treasure, and the clay pots are us. And listen, I love how it points 
to the bigger picture of it all and how we get to be a part of it. And that's what I want to dissect for us this morning and dig into. Clay jars of the time were completely unique. Let's think about it for a second. There was no... Uh, there, there was no factory that these suckers were being popped out of or anything like that, that there's just this mold that goes like, and then it's onto the, the kiln. It wasn't like that at all. A potter would throw a lump of clay on a potter's wheel and spin it and create this masterpiece, but because it wasn't done in a factory, done through uh, those kinds of means, each one was completely unique, and each one may have had small imperfections and small blemishes, dents, a scratch, a ding. But they were all completely unique, and just like we are today. No matter how hard we try, no matter how hard we want it to be, we are not perfect. We all have flaws. We all have imperfections. We all have blemishes or dents. None of us are perfect. In fact, I, I, I love documentaries, and one of the documentaries that I watched at one point was uh, a National Geographic documentary of them unearthing old clay pots, similar to the ones that may have been talked about in this passage. And in, those, in this documentary, they were describing and how they were unearthing these clay pots and how they were beautiful and all completely unique. And someone got the bright idea. See, what happened was is, uh, a potter would spin the, spin the pot or jar or whatever was being created. And then at the end, to, to finish it, to do so, they would brush it. They would run a brush along the side of the pot as it was spinning to just add some texture and make it a little bit more unique. And somebody got the bright idea and would be like, hey, I wonder. I wonder if we could play this clay pot like a record player. And so they rigged up some laser system where they spun the clay pot and they started to play the clay pot. And you could hear the hustle and bustle that was going on at the marketplace of the, of, around the studio of the potter as, they, as he was creating or finishing the clay pot. See, to me, that points to the complete uniqueness of each and every single one of us. See, if uh, seconds later, a completely different pot, even if it looked absolutely identical, which would have been a minor miracle, would have been completely unique and played just a little bit different sound. To me, that points to how all of us are completely unique. Listen, if you've accepted Jesus here this morning, you have treasure within you. You have Jesus within you. And how we're going to help people encounter Jesus will not be through perfection. It will not be. See, listen, I don't know about you, but there, there was a time and space where, as a Christian culture, we said you have to behave before you can belong here. You have to act a certain way. You have to wear a certain clothing. You have to be a certain person before you really belong here. And that piece of Christian culture, I believe, is being dismantled. And what we really need to understand, if we want people to encounter Jesus through us, it's going to be done this way, as clay pots demonstrating the treasure within. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, 
created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So what do we do about it? Like, how, how does this all fall into place for us? How, what do, when we walk out of here today, what do we do? How, to, how do we display Jesus to the world around us? And I would propose this morning that we be real. I think that right now what our world is in need of is real people living real lives. Real Christians living real lives. See, to me, there's this incredibly perfect balance in, in, these, in this symbolic message here. There's an incredible balance between the, the clay jars and the treasure within these clay jars. See, like I said, we've said for so long that a Christian culture, you have, to, you have to behave before you belong, which isn't correct. But in that, that's not what this passage is saying. This passage is saying so much more. See, if we were to think of it as, as uh, if we were just the, just the treasure alone, maybe, or maybe we would, instead of clay jars, we would put on bronze, you know, like, oh yeah, those are nice. Those are perfect. They're like, you know, symmetrical. They're awesome. But then the treasure wouldn't be able to be seen. It would be, it would, there would be no need for the treasure. If we put on the perfect image, if we say to the world around us, you have to be perfect to belong here, then the world is seeing, well, I'll never measure up to that. I'll never be able to do that. That's a part of my story growing up in church. And then the people of, the, of our world will be like, that's impossible, I can't do it. But on the other hand, if we were to only be these clay jars, these vessels, these earthen vessels that were imperfect, full of dents and blemishes and imperfections, if we were only that, then they would be like, well, well I am that right now, so what, who cares about the treasure? To me, there's a perfect balance in this. That as the world gets to see our humanity, as the world gets to see our imperfections, our flaws, our failures, our dents, blemishes, as they get to see us demonstrate a life that we're not perfect, but God's grace is sufficient. God's love for me is still and constant. Can you imagine what would happen? All of a sudden, the world around us would want what we have. This is, what, this is the message that I've been speaking at our church, that we would just understand and be a people that live real, live authentically in front of people. We are only fooling ourselves when we try and put this perfect front in front of us. I love how John, 1 John chapter 1, verse 8 puts it. It says, if we say we have no sin, we cloak ourselves with perfection. We say, hey, listen, I've got it all together. I'm, I'm doing good. Hey, I do devotions every day. And I post something on Facebook so everybody knows about it. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. Listen, we need to be real. Let me, let me just leave you with these three components of being real. Number one, real life. Listen, life gets messy. Anybody, anybody walk through a mess of life? Man, I've walked through a few of those. And there's been moments where life just got real. And for us to demonstrate to the world around us that life is real and real things happen and life gets messy sometimes. You know, instead of us trying to cover up, instead of us trying to hide, instead of us putting up these false fronts, 
I wasn't going to tell the story, but like, because I, I tell it all the time, but there was a point in time in our lives where we as a family would go to church and, you know, we would get to the front steps of the church and all the way leading up to church, we would be fighting and bickering, calling each other names and just like hating on each other. And we would get to the front steps of the church. And my mom would turn around and be like, shut up. And we would be like, and we would walk into church, this perfect, happy family that love each other that see each other through in the thickest of, you know, the most difficult of times. This is what it was for me going to church. And this is what I thought had to be. But there, there was a point in my life where I said, I can't do it anymore. I, I can't live like this anymore. I can't be perfect. And so why am I even trying? This is what we're putting on display to the world around us. Instead, now I live a life that shows life gets messy. But when I show that, I also get the opportunity to show who my God is in that moment. I get to show that he is right there with me, walking through it, that I have somebody on my side that's cheering me on. I have somebody on my side that's gonna hold my hand through it all, and as I start crying, as I often do, my God is there with me. We get to display real life. But not only real life, we get to display real relationship. Relationship that starts maybe even in the church but goes well beyond to a God who actually wants to be in relationship with you and I. Not some distant God that we got to go through some medium or through some avenue to get to, but the relationship that's attainable is you just say, hey, you're right there. And you get to talk to them. As we walk through the, the mess of life, we get to put on display how God responds with love, forgiveness, grace, giving hope and comfort. This is who our God is. And we get to put that on display for the world around us. But the third thing is real growth. Real life, real relationship, Real growth. See, we could easily just say that, hey, listen, I'm just, I'm, I'm a dented, blemished pot. And I'm okay with that. I, I, you know, I got to realize who I am and I'm imperfect. So that's, that's just who I am. And never pursue growth and never go after God. But that doesn't demonstrate a need for a Savior. That doesn't demonstrate what we have in Jesus. We get to say, hey, listen, this is the reality of my situation. I may have caused this. Somebody may have done this to me. But my God's grace is sufficient. But I'm moving on from here. I'm not staying here. I don't want to be here anymore. I know that with God, the best is yet to come. I know that the best is always right in front of me as I just claim the now, forget the past, and move into the forward. That's what we get to display, and growth in Jesus can be constant. Some of you maybe need to hear that this morning, that growth in Jesus can be constant. It's not one of those things where it's like, well, I grew when I was 13, and I went to that one teen camp that one time. But now I'm good. I, I, I grew. Grow. Constant. Always. If you haven't been a part of the grow track, go. There's an avenue to help yourself grow and move forward in life. We have the opportunity to show that we are not shaped, or sorry, that we are shaped, of course, and, and molded by the things that have happened to us in the past. 
It's going to teach me. It's going to grow me. But they aren't going to define me. Man, I don't know how many nicks and scratches and blemishes I have in my life, but every single one of them I want God to use. Every single one of those things that have been done to me, every single one of those things that I have done to myself, I say, God, use them. Use them. I've walked through some difficult, difficult moments in life, and the incredible opportunity of those difficult moments is now to put them on display for the world to see. Say, look at how God shows up. When I was broken, he was there. Look at how my God shows up. When I needed comfort, he was there. Look at how my God shows up. When, when I needed him, he was right beside me. That's my God. When I made a mistake, he didn't point a finger and said, you're no longer worthy. He said, I love you. And I want to be in relationship with you. I want more for you than what you're experiencing right now. This is my God. That's what I get to put on display to the world around me. That's what you get to put on display to the world around you because real you reveals real him. Real you reveals real him. And let me tell you, what the world around you needs is the real you. Because what's happening right now, the world is so attracted to authenticity because it is in such short supply. Everybody through social media is finding such an easy avenue to put on display this false image of who they want to be, who they think they need to be. And we have the opportunity to be real, to be real and put on display in a healthy way our lives so that Jesus is seen. We are jars of clay, imperfect. Nobody in here is perfect. Nobody in here is unflawed in any way. Some of you have had some terrible things happen to you in life. Some of you have caused yourself some grief and had to walk through some situations that you may not have had to walk through because of poor decisions. I've been there. But listen, we have a treasure within that the world so desperately needs to see. And as we live as clay pots, imperfect, blemishes, dents and scratches, the treasure within shines out to the world around us. Can I get the worship team back up? Listen, I want us to, to, to think about something as we close this morning. I want us to just imagine, and imagine what it would be like for a second. I love to do this. I love to just pause. If you're an imaginer like me, I love to just think and, and imagine what could be. As God speaks, I love to just rest and say, okay, listen, what, what could that look like if I really grabbed hold of that? What could my life look like? What could my church look like? So this morning, maybe it's easier for you if you just close your eyes to imagine. But imagine what it would be like for you to start just you yourself. Imagine what it would be like to find this incredible freedom that you don't have to be perfect. He never called you to perfection. He called you to grow. He called you to move forward. Can you imagine the weight that would lift off your shoulders? 
can you imagine the freedom that you would have as you walk into church and instead of having to turn behind you and say, kids, shut up, you'd be able to say, hey, we're real. Let's go get some prayer this morning. We desperately need it. Can you imagine what that would be like to see your friends walking into church, squabbling? You'd be like, whoa, I'm not the only family. Can you imagine what it would be like for you, the freedom that would come from being able to make mistakes and learn from them and grow from them and getting prayer from a family member because you're walking through something and not having to hide it. Can you imagine what it would be like for other people, the the people around you, the people that are sitting right beside you in church, that as you live a real life and they're allowed to do the same, can you imagine what it would be like for just this room right here? As we said, we're not gonna hold each other to this unrealistic, to this standard that shouldn't even be there in the first place. That when you come in and you're walking through a mess and I may be on a mountaintop, I'm gonna come alongside you and I'm gonna pray. Or maybe both of us are walking through a mess and we can just hold each other and cry. Can you imagine the freedom that would come to be a church family that would pursue him and not pursue perfection? Can you imagine what it would be like? But not only inside these walls, see what would happen as we encounter Jesus in this powerful way and say, I refuse to try and be perfect. I refuse to put on display to the world around me perfection and say, I just want to be real. I just want to cut it straight. I just want to be real with you. I've made mistakes. I just want to be real with you. Some people have done something to me that they shouldn't have but I just want to be real with you. The world around us would take notice. The world around us, your coworkers, your family members that don't know Jesus, they would take notice. They would say, I need some of that. I need what you have, that treasure within you. I, I need some of that. And because you're real, because you're not perfect, I know that I can have that too for me. This is what happens as we say, Jesus, use me. I'm going to put on display my life, a real life, one that's maybe full of mess, one that's maybe full of blemishes and dents and scratches, but I'm going to put on display the treasure within through those imperfections. Can you imagine what would happen, church? Can you imagine what would happen? Listen, with every head bowed and eyes closed this morning, I want to ask a question that I know gets asked every week here at this church because it's the most important question that anybody could ever ask you. That question is, is do you want to begin a relationship with Jesus? See, Jesus is real and Jesus loves you. He wants to be in relationship with you. Listen, this isn't about you being perfect. It's about a God who is perfect that loves you right where you're at. That's what this is all about. It's about him. It isn't about you reaching this certain level of spirituality before you become acceptable to him. He loves you right where you're at. He's seen all of those things that you have done. He's seen all of those situations that you've had to walk through. And he says, I love you right there, right where you're at. 
Don't start to believe that you have to be a certain person before you can belong. Don't believe that you have to be a certain person before he'll love you because the truth is this. God is for you, he's not against you. The truth is this. His love is 100% for you. He can't love you anymore because he loves you 100%. There's nothing that you can do to take away his love for you. So if you're here this morning and you have not begun a relationship with him, I believe that right now you're feeling something in your heart and that's Holy Spirit just working in your life saying, I want you. I wanna be in relationship with you. If you're here this morning and you wanna begin a relationship with Jesus, I'm just gonna ask that on the count of three, you raise your hand so that I know who we're praying with this morning. On the count of three, one, two, three. If that's you this morning, you just raise your hand so I see it. It's a little hard to see, so if people are seeing some hands, awesome. Thank you, yep, I see your hand. Come on, this is the most important decision that anybody could ever make in life, to follow Jesus. Awesome, well, we want to respond to that, and this is what we're going to do for that. I'm going to ask that if you raised your hand this morning, that you just repeat this prayer after me, and if you did not raise your hand this morning, you're going to help us out by praying with us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Everybody repeating. Father, we thank you for your love for us, for your love for me. Father, I confess my sin. I know that I'm a sinner. And I know I need relationship with you. So I give my life to you. Pray that you would come in me. Be my treasure. That the world around me would now see what I have in you. In your name we pray. Amen.